0: Hey guys, welcome to the Debrief after our episode with Tim Urban talking all about uh, liberalism. Lowercase L. I hope we made that distinction clear. Bankless is not a political podcast. Or are we? We made it twice.
1: Yeah. I,
0: I mean, it's not a left we, versus I, right. I got
1: opinions about everything, man.
0: <laughs> I have, I have, I have um, opinions about things, but I have very strong opinions about liberalism in that I think mm. it is awesome. I think it is the best. <laughs> I think that I'm a big fan, huge fan. I actually Liberal,
1: Ryan Sean Adams. Liberalism is awesome.
0: Liberal, yes. Um, like I'll create the you know liberalism protocol. Um, you know the token. I'll buy it up. I'm very bullish liberalism, and I actually think part of the reason I was so excited to do this episode is because I I think too few people actually talk about it at a fundamental. Like level, first like, principles oh,
1: level, yeah. first principles, well, like us 170 episodes,
0: it really did, because it's it's sort of hard to unravel. And it, it is, you know, the the water you're swimming in. So you don't really see right. it. It's just kind of like right. how it's hard to find a good episode on, oh, what is actually money? Uh, we focused on that very early on in Bankless because we ha- kind of had to figure out that money thing before we <laughs> figured out the rest of crypto. But it's like it's not intuitive. It's hard to find good content on. I And I found the same thing with liberalism. Everyone has strong opinions, but few people go through and they're like, oh, yeah, this is, you know, base one is modernity. And here's what that means like science and reason. And that's pretty important. Right. right. And we're like, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Modernity, yeah. We discovered.
1: Obviously. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and But like, we discovered that software as a species in like, you know, I don't know, the 1500s, the 1600s, like Renaissance period, that that's new software relatively. And then once you stack modernity, then you can do this thing called liberalism, where you borrow some ideas from different cultures, you know, the Greeks and all sorts of things and the Romans, all of these things. And we come up with this idea of like a great liberal experiment, which is uh, the United States and the constitution of which I'm a big fan. And you know me, like and you, uh, we've made many comparisons between the constitution and our like digital protocols in the past. And now I see that like we've run that experiment. It's gone pretty well, it's gone okay. It definitely has flaws. I see crypto as the next successor to the liberal experiment for humanity. Yeah. In that it's now it's pushing the frontier into the digital realm, non-nation state type realm. So it's a different type of uh, instantiation of this value set of freedom of speech, um, equality of opportunity, uh, free markets, individualism via property rights, and like the nation-state experiment has kind of just atrophied, and it's like in a lot of ways kind of eroding, getting worse. It's certainly not pressing us into the frontier. So I feel like you know this this is a just a metaphor that resonates very strongly with us. This is the 1700s again, right? I mean, we are like we have had people on the on the podcast, David, who I feel like would be the founding fathers of like this new liberal liberalism digital experiment. Like Vitalik, I think, is one of those people. And um, anyway, that's I just I'm fired up about this episode because of that. And I know um, going into this episode, you were like. Hey, Ryan, this is one of those episodes where you're going to want to talk a lot. So, uh, give me a chance just to, to say,
1: say, I was going like, to, I was going to see how long you were going to go in this debrief. I know, day. I know, <laughs> I know. So, so that is just continuing
0: in the debrief because, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm just excited about the opportunity to talk about uh, like a value set that resonates deeply with me.
1: Yeah. If the listener hasn't already gotten it, like Bankless has been a liberalism podcast from episode one. Like that's what we are. That's, that's. That's the whole thing. Uh, And so like that that triangle, that pyramid metaphor, where you have modernity and then modernity figured out, hey, this liberalism thing allows us to coordinate and progress faster than any other alternative operating system that we've been able to discover. Let's use that one. And then that let us build the modern institutions. And that's where like the current meta of society is, is like we're still figuring out that institutional layer. It's like that one still needs perfecting, like constitution, pretty good kind of starting to erode but worked for a decent amount of time so got some lessons there and so like that's kind of i think how i place crypto into the grand scheme of things is like crypto is the new institutions that based on liberalism so we're keeping that we're not that. We
0: keeping that Uh,
1: but now we now we get to embed liberalism into our protocols that are much more anti-fragile and resilient and are able to perpetuate across generations in the ways that the constitution hasn't (laughs) constitution excuse me i'm a little bit sick Constitution's only like how old? Like like
0: 270 four, years old. Five, yeah.
1: six generations old. Yeah. Not that old. In the words of Joe Rogan, real recent. <laughs> <laughs> real recent. Uh and I mean I don't really know how long this Ethereum protocol is going to be able to perpetuate into the future, but the hope is that it provides foundation for a real long time so that we can start to figure out so like there's two paths forward. Ethereum is is the new constitution. It's the new democracy. It's the new nation state layer. It's the new institution and all these other like digital institutions that we're building on top of it, crypto at large. And that's the new found, that's the new point of the pyramid, which allows society to to move on to the next layer and start building that next layer. Or or like institutions are always in churn and there's always something better. There's always I new think, institu- yeah, I institutions. I think it's that and Ethereum. You're on mute, and Ethereum is just like. The institution that goes from two thousand twenty to, or yeah, two thousand twenty to like twenty one hundred, and then we need a new tip of the pyramid. Yeah. And maybe that's the question: Is institutions the tip of the pyramid, and we keep on replacing the tip, and hopefully we never go down and replace liberalism, or like do we get to layer Ethereum oh, and no. like crypto you know- protocols and then perpetually build? On top of that, over and over and over again, I just realized that you're not on mute, and I triggered Siri, which means I can't hear anything. That's what happened there.
0: Oh, really? Do you, can you hear me now? Can you untrigger her? Yeah. So, um, and don't trigger Siri, David. After all their episodes, we got to keep <laughs> Siri happy. Our AI episodes. Um, I think that the answer to your question, in like in my opinion, is that we definitely, definitely. Um, we need to keep replacing the institutions and evolving the societal norms and tip and and like replace the tip. I guess I have a few observations. One is because the institutions are failing so hard, that's why everyone is in in turmoil and kind of looking to go completely down the stack. And they're like, "Yo, was this liberalism thing actually a good idea or is this another power structure?" And then some people to Tim's point, are going all the way to modernity. And we're like, is that science and reason thing actually like a good, or is that another power structure as well? Right. Let's start from scratch. Yeah. (laughs) Let's, let's just hit the reset, you know? And like, um, so, so I I think that's kind of natural. Um, I think it is is much too early to abandon it, but like the prospect of us finding a better protocol replacement or an upgraded version of liberalism I think we should completely be open to that prospect, right? Hmm. I actually finding think it better humanity, than realism. I think there's a possible, um, you know, thing that exists that we haven't quite uh, constructed. The, and this is actually the the argument that that um, that Tim made as well, right? Which is like, just because I can't see it right now, doesn't mean it doesn't hypothetically exist. Hmm. The the point that he makes, and I agree with, is. Um, you actually have to have a better alternative and people that are proposing something other than some notion of liberalism where we like say right. protect free speech. Like what is, what is their answer to that? It's generally somebody else controls free speech right. output, right? Which we've yes, tried that experiment. Speech,
1: it's my speech.
0: We have run that experiment mm-hmm. so many times. So they're it's
1: called, not. It's called totalitarianism and people die.
0: Like, we, we've we done that before. And so they're not actually proposing something new. What they're proposing, generally, is something old that we've tried and has failed so many times, but apparently kind of like new generations want to just keep trying the same thing, right? Uh, so I think that that's the critique. But,
1: so just, just inject something there. The reason yeah. why everyone wants to try this thing, which is not free speech, but my speech instead, is is because if you're the winning tribe that has your speech, you're like on top for that brief moment in time. Yes. So it's like a Moloch trap. Like there's always the incentive to try and be the totalitarian dictator and you get to succeed in that one moment, that brief moment in time. It's, it's long-term unstable, but short-term gains. Yeah. Which is why like pick your tribe. Everyone wants to control speech for that one moment in time, which is why Twitter is like a, ba- a, a competition of, of speech.
0: Well, so and one other thing I I appreciate I think that's important is you know I I gave kind of this impassioned sermon about how like how much I love liberalism as a protocol, uh, but it's also important not it's not a religion for me either right and I also like that nuance in uh, the conversation with Tim in that like I'm not necessarily i am um, I'm I'm close to a free speech absolutionist but I'm not a hundred percent a free speech ap- absolutionist. I believe in free markets. I don't think the free market algo solves everything. I don't think that like, (laughs) like I don't. I believe in the existence of negative externalities that the free market optimization algo causes. Right, with like say, lack of public goods, like problems with the environment, um, you know, power concentration, pooling. So like, it's not a religion for me, and I think that's Mm -hmm. also important because. What's more important than liberalism is actually the base layer, which is modernity, which is like truth and reason and what actually works. And College so, safe. yeah, so that that's another sort of, I guess, constraint I'd put on on uh, the way I think about it is is it very important. I haven't seen a better alternative. I feel like in general society is kind of like looking at the institutions failing and then they're questioning this this incredible protocol that we've created called liberalism without replacing it with something better they're replacing it with something mm-hmm. worse right, right. and they and the nation state is not extrapolating liberalism into the digital like we don't have a digital bill of rights and i don't see congress doing that or any other western uh, power kind of doing that at any point in time are you are you frozen right now david oh you just no, caught up I'm, to I'm me i'm
1: listening i'm listening to you brother
0: Oh, okay, I saw oh, you. You were oh, frozen oh, for no, a second.
1: I, I, there is lag, so yeah, that was a, fr- a freeze.
0: Okay, um, yeah. So that's that's kind of uh, I don't know where I was going with this, but I, that's why I appreciated the conversation with Tim is because there was a lot of nuance. There was kind of a mental model we sort of figure out, you know, where protocol, where where crypto sits in the stack, uh, why it's important, but also I don't think crypto is the answer to like all of the problems that we have you know what I mean like it's not going to like do everything it's just an important protocol that we they, we want to support in um in the digital realm
1: i think if we had actually uh, Kevin Iwaki in this conversation the, the thing that Kevin Iwaki is really good at is visualizing these metaphysical <laughs> value landscapes like think of like a um a 2d plane that's a grid so 2d plane grid hash marks everywhere uh, and then, like, there are hills and bumps and basins and mountains on this plane, and that's like the value landscape. And the idea is, like, in this plane of value, as in, like, um, there's many different ways to, to, like, uh, under understand value. But here, when we're talking about liberalism, is like, the liberalism protocol is pretty high up on a peak of values, it's, like, it's good. Uh, totalitarianism, it's not, not great. It's below the horizontal, like, line. It's below the line. Uh, that's below my line, liberalism (laughs) above my line, right? It's found a a peak. And I think like when you're talking about like, we haven't found anything better than liberalism. Mm -hmm. Like the way that this works in this value landscape is that liberalism is on like a local maxima. And in order to go and find something better than liberalism, we actually have to descend down into something worse in order to explore and try and find something better, right? So you have to go down the hill to climb a different hill and you actually don't know if that new hill that you climb, which is somewhere else on this 3D landscape, is actually a higher peak than liberal liberalism. You don't actually know before until you go down into the trough, suffer some pain for a while by adhering to an, an inopportune uh, protocol in order to find a, a, a new hill and you don't know how, how high that hill is in comparison to liberalism. Yeah. And so like I think like you said you're, you don't know if're uh, if you're a free speech absolutist, and so, like the idea is, like the question is: Is there a alternative protocol, scalable protocol? Exactly. Not answer. Yeah. Right. Not exactly. you can't have like a nation state who has the perfect balance of censorship and versus freedom of speech, yeah. because that is not a protocol. It's not. That is a application. Right. Think think of the app layer of Ethereum versus yeah. like the app. There can be. There's. A good application of controlled versus free speech, but yeah. that is not a good protocol.
0: It's and not so, base like, level level stuff. It's base not. It's stuff, not. Yeah. It's
1: not layer zero level stuff, right? Yeah. And so, um, I think, gun to my head, uh, like, do you want to walk off of the free the free speech local maxima in search of finding a higher a higher maxima? Yeah. Gun to my head, I'm like, no, 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 I'm staying. am yeah, Exactly. On the free speech one. Um,
0: totally, especially uh, when they're presenting alternatives that look like. Way right. lower in the basin there, and things we've tried, yeah. and like you know, people die there, and it just sucks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, the air is not fresh. The, the
1: people that are in, are incented to say like, "Hey, let's get off of this like free speech maxima and go down to the basin," is like it's a little bit like tantal. It's like, "Hey, come come down." Do you know? you Remember the Runescape wildly? Yeah. Where like in the main the main game, like you can't kill anyone, but you could go to the wild part of Runescape and then you could fight PvP. Yeah, yeah. It's like. Hey, come come down from the free the free speech, and we'll fight. Yeah. And it's like they're teasing you to come down from like the safe space, which is freedom of speech, so they could drag you down into the secret like place where they can kill you. And then once they kill you, they get to go back up to like the free speech, except all of their adversaries are gone, right? And so like they're not proposing, they don't, they're not saying that they found a better local maxima. They just want you to leave the hill so they can go and take over.
0: Yeah, right? I I agree. I think a lot of times people who. So, Many times, and this free speech is the one we're we're drawing because that's the most obvious. A lot of people are against free speech because they're shit at arguing. Like they just they don't they don't have good points, right? Like, right? Um, they can't fucking talk. Yeah, so they can't argue their point. So they have to resort to like like shouting, drowning out, populist mm-hmm. tactics, mob, all of these things because they're actually. Um, propagating bullshit, right. <laughs> and it, of course the bankless bros are fans of free speech. They have a podcast. They get to talk all they want. <laughs> so 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 yes, I and I do think that the the local like Maxima um, you know angle of of looking at protocols is important, and I do think a lot of talk focuses on the edge case rather than like the question is what software do you want your society to run on, and if you're right. going to abandon liberalism, then what are the alternatives that are better, right? In general. Right. And, uh, you know, I don't think anyone's and produced is a, it alternative. a scalable
1: protocol.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's cool. And that's really the meat of what I wanted to get out of, uh, the episode. And I, I, I hope we accomplish that. And if, if people are bored by that, then like, I, I still, uh, I'm I'm still like well it's still important. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, well I mean
1: we've been injecting liberalism into people's brains since yeah. like every single episode, more Yeah. Or less.
0: And then he also has like the the mental models of primitive mind versus higher mind. The the we didn't get a chance to talk about the ladders. We didn't get a chance we to We t-
1: needed we needed like two more hours. Yes.
0: Uh well let's run through the concept of the ladder really quick because I have a point to make of um okay, so the archetype of the, of the ladder is that that there are uh four different types of people and you remember that the, the ladder from our episode guys of like there's low-rung thinkers on the bottom of the ladder if you're um, looking at
1: it right now you can share screen and i can put it on
0: the okay i don't actually ha- well let me see yeah i can do that uh there's the lower rung thinkers and they're at the bottom of of the ladder oh let's see here here we go imager thank you uh how you think primitive mind stuff at the very bottom of the ladder, right? Um, and then there's, there's kind of higher mind at the top. And, and what Tim does is he scales this out to like four different levels and Mm -hmm. the very primitive thinker at the, at the bottom, he calls the zealot, right? this is the person that is convinced of the, of their, um, ideas and cannot Mm -hmm. be reasoned out of them, no matter how much logic and reason you, it's just because nope, that's the way it is, right? right? They use they pick on kind of the religious zealot around that because you know a a typical religious zealot who is very extreme cannot be reasoned out of their position, right?
1: Right. They've they've caught the mind virus.
0: One layer up is the attorney. So you got the zealot. A layer up, which is a little bit more, a little bit higher thinking up the up the ladder, is the lawyer. And so the lawyer um, has to respond to argument and reason. That's sort of the you know the law of the court system. You can't just make stuff up. That's going to be checked. You you have to respond in like argument form. But is definitely presenting the case, right? And is 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 obscuring truth. Is not interested in bringing like we will play dirty if necessary in order to right. win the argument, right? The reason Strictly that works in one sided. Yeah, and the reason that's beautiful in a court system protocol is because you have like you know play defense and they're both playing that game and. The idea is that the truth kind of comes out when you have two attorneys sort of fighting. So that's a little bit higher level. And then one step above that is the sports fan. So the idea of the sports fan is uh, a sports fan is rooting for a team, definitely has a side, is cheering, is loud about that, face painted, You know, wearing the sweatshirt, go team, but has to um, up, uh, apply by the rules of the game, right? Like cannot... Um, cheat in the game cannot they're more
1: fans of the game than they are their sports team great way to put it
0: right so they're not willing to sacrifice the integrity of the game and like to have their team you know in, in football cheat in order to win uh, most mm-hmm. sports fans don't do that anyway um, and then the top is like the scientist who is the Spock who is the rational empiricist who is basically like as credibly neutral as possible. And I don't have a team. I will just let the evidence take me wherever, right? And so I have a question for you, David. Mm. Of these different archetypes, scientist, right, which is the highest level of thinker, to uh, sports fan, to uh, attorney, to zealot, which one is bankless? Which one are you and I, would you say, most commonly?
1: Obviously, like everyone wants to think that they are the scientist. Like every, everyone thinks, e- well, even I think it's an invalid question because even the zealots will say they're a scientist,
0: right? Yes. But it it, it could be an invalid question in that, like, I, I don't think the question is invalid, but you could say like the answer to the question is heavily biased and people aren't going, but like, yeah. I'm asking you to try to be more scientific about your answer. If, if you're allowed to be, <laughs> if you're able so to, it, it,
1: well, you, you see the self-terminating thing. Is sure. Like if, sure. Put on your scientist hat and I'm like, well, my scientist hat is always on. And and I'm going to explain all of my biases to you. And that's just what the zealot does. But I will say that that's a very scientific answer. <laughs> <laughs> it is.
0: That skews you. You're, you're, you're dangerously close of being labeled a right. scientist if you actually, uh, you know, wait out your answer in that way. But what do you think right. Bankless is? And then we could talk about other, you know, people in the in the crypto industry.
1: I think... Well, obviously, I think we're scientists. Um, we also definitely have a team that we align with and whether our sports team, a sports team that we have, we're we're clearly fans of the game, which is why we talk about liberalism on a crypto podcast. Um, and the thing is, like, if we are right in our theses about crypto, right, the the Ethereum layer two strategy uh like the all of that all that all the bankless theses if all of our theses are correct that means that not only are we scientists but we've been scientists the entire time
0: just contrarian but
1: scientists and, yeah to, to whatever degree that that our our theses are now contrarian like once upon a time they were super contrarian they're less contrarian these days um uh so yes okay we, and, and uh, without having complete and utter without being able to like zoom forward ten to fifteen years to see the future, we are in the um Schrodinger's position between um scientists, sport uh sports team people and pure scientists. But and we is are that at least inside percent scientists? Is that
0: inside of the industry you're saying this? So inside, inside of crypto, of crypto yeah. is that's your context. Now yeah. now maybe take that and you're outside of crypto and you're just looking at at bankless. Would you say we more skew towards like, oh, they're like attorneys or like sports fans in that like they are heavily Ooh. biased towards crypto because that's another angle on it. And then you could yeah. So like
1: sometimes if we're talking about like Gary Gensler and like the case, like the Molly. If we're talking to Molly White, we're closer to the lawyer than we are the scientist.
0: At least sports fan, right? Um, yeah. and then if you kind of zoom that out to like um. The concept we were just talking about of of like liberalism right Mm -hmm. i'm just like i'm kind of a definitely a sports fan for like that concept right Mm -hmm. like in in that i will propagate it i will happily push in that direction i think it's better i will evangelize about it i will like extol Mm -hmm. the virtues of it for like three minutes at the beginning of this debrief right i'm a sports fan like i got the face paint it's me i i i would i will wear that label and I'll try to convince you that it's a good label to wear, and that we should uh, distribute across society. So I'm it's just getting
1: the the vision of Ryan with the big his <laughs> fingers, being like, "Yay, liberalism!"
0: <laughs> you know, like like uh, Kevin O'Walky is probably like for public goods. You'd right. be like a sports fan for public goods. Public goods are good. What is that saying? Do you know? Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's interesting, and I think we can clearly like maybe we have mental models all of us for the uh, the zealot in the crypto mm-hmm. space as well. Which yeah. I hope we never fall prey to, right? And there is so easy
1: to identify, by the way, when you go to their Twitter account, and every single one of their tweets or retweets is about one specific token. That's a zealot.
0: That's a zealot. Yeah, and I think you can even be like a zealot about crypto. It's just like a super crypto maximalist. That is the best in every circumstance. That there aren't any problems with it. Ignore all of the information the contrary. Anyway, that that's kind of helpful to me. the The other piece that's helpful to me is this idea that we didn't get into, which is like these uh kind of these thought bubbles that form and he calls them golems. This is not Lord of the yeah. Ring Gollum. This is like a monster that's constructed. It's like a fictitious yeah, monster that's constructed an
1: amalgamation of, of a community. The, exactly. It's the community psych intra psychol intra layer.
0: Yeah, and what we've what like we've identified this in the past is there are crypto communities who um prop up these golems, let's say, and they use right. kind of low rung thinking like we call it. We've called it before populist tactics. We've called it before frog right. armies, like where they get really loud and chanty. This was very much happening with a lunatic. We had a mm-hmm. uh, bear bull uh, case for Luna. It was about this time last year before the collapse, mm-hmm. if you remember, and a completely fair episode. Go watch it in retrospect. Like completely scientific Honestly, approach
1: fair. we were too fair yes to Luna.
0: yes a very like scientific approach and the vitriol of like you guys mm-hmm. are biased you guys are you know one-sided all you care about is your your eth bags or whatever eth maximalists all of these things right. the vitriol was very much um low-rung gollum type behavior populist right. army and what's interesting about this David is like in the short run those communities are incredibly like bullish for price because right. yeah, they're so bullish. They just, there's something about them. That's it's, just it, it, the, the social scalability of low rung thinking. is very large. That is a great way to put it, particularly on the internet, particularly when it's fueled by tokens. Um, because the, the tokens themselves have a kind of a reinforcement property all on their mm-hmm. own. It's, it's right. even greater than kind of, a, you know, a like or the the, you know, um, yeah, the, the psychological hit you you have in your tribe, you now you're getting rich as well. And so how could you be wrong? And that just right. propagates. So so if you see it I guess one lesson from this to me it, that matches with our crypto experience. If you see a gullum out in the world, like a gullum community token, right? You know that thing's going to pump. And it's well, going to do it, real depending, well.
1: Depending depending on the phase in the market.
0: Yes completely yes you, completely. you
1: you can't you can't be the last people to join the low rung golem yes
0: cuz it's a ponzi yes because it's going <laughs> need, to collapse you need to be early in the in the golem so golems can be short term like trader bullish narrative trade bullish mm-hmm. right but like if you are a long term crypto investor you almost you got to stay away from these things you don't go right. towards the golem right. you go towards the yeah. genie communities in the space which are the communities that are like not in a thought bubble that you know mm-hmm. tim's concept is an idea lab culture which i th- i've seen a lot of that property in ethereum like go to ether ETH right. research it's the Eth pure, Research is the idea lab
1: it it's is a pure
0: idea lab, right? idea lab lab culture and i that's why you know on the on the longer uh time scale um we've we've heavily aligned ourselves with communities like that that are much more ideal lab um mm-hmm. but it's a slower longer burn it's just the right. kind of the long term uh trade anyway that's a parallel yeah, i see
1: the 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 low rung golem that does real well in low interest rate environments uh, <laughs> It totally does as as soon as interest rates, that, that all of the low rung golems just popped as soon as interest rates like went up even a minor amount yeah. but you know what what made me what, what you made me think of about like the whole like uh, low rung thinking is is very con- low rung low rung golems what did I say? Social well, scalability and low-rung thinking are very conducive to big, big golems. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I told you I'm reading this uh, book, um, uh, The Gulag Archipelago by Alexander Solzhenitsyn. Uh, one of the chapters is like, and it's all about like an autopsy of- The gulags? Uh, the just- the gulags like the the 60 million deaths in russia from like the 19 like 30s to 1950s or something like Jeez. that um, and it was just like an autopsy of like how did that happen because it was it was an extreme it was all in the psyche layer of of russia of wow. the soviet union and wow. so like how to how did that snowball like how did that get to be such a large virus mind virus that permeated across decades yep. like some people were like went to the gulags because of this mind virus that happened, got released, mm-hmm. like man- managed, managed to like get through a Holocaust level of just like, you know how, you know how small that hole is where like, you know, a thousand people go in and one person comes out. Some yeah. people would go through the gulags, make it out, go back through the gulags, get arrested again, go back through the gulags, come back out again and go back into the gulags a third fucking time, bro. Anyways, I digress. The part one of the chapters in like t- doing the autopsy of how this system was created, the system of just like arresting people, uh, make forcing them to confess. Because they needed to fill their quotas, there were quotas for all the the arrests. Because Stalin permeated this culture of paranoia, so everyone needed wow. to be arrested, and all the all the people doing the arresting had quotas to fill. And so, like there's there's like the the citizens of Russia that were all like under this uh, totalitarian dictatorship, where like every single week there would be certain people, an amount of people inside of a town that would get arrested, and then there was the people doing the arresting, right? Uh, the the blue caps, I think, is what they called them. All there was a chapter dedicated to like the understanding the, the archetype of the blue cap, and like it was very it made it very very clear that all of the blue caps were low IQ people. They were low rung thinkers. That's what filled the ranks, of the 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 sixty million uh, deaths it was created by a perpetual system of a golem that was all low rung thinkers. And that that's how that system grew so large is because there wasn't any there was no one promoting liberalism because all the liberalism uh, people, all the liberalism scientists and sports fans were silenced and jailed and sentenced to death. I mean, right. And that's how it perpetuated. Is
0: there anything scarier than a nation state golem that. He's yeah, backed, yeah, yeah. backed the by one, the one with violence, the right. Yeah, uh huh. The guns and, and the like when you're in it, when you have
1: a nation-state golem that that has a monopoly on violence that has successfully so completely stamped out liberalism, that is the worst
0: situation that humanity has fo- fo- uh, found itself in. Yes, Um, yeah, worse, worse to be in it. But like, there's something incredibly powerful about it, isn't it? That's why they persist, oh, yeah, it's, it's, the, yeah uh-huh. that's why, like you know, Hitler's uh, fascist Nazi Germany was obviously the gullum in action. Oh, yeah. Low-rung mm-hmm. thinking taking to its extreme, you could take over an entire country, and then you can like, in rapid fashion, um, start taking over the rest of, of the world. Right, uh, incredibly right. powerful stuff. Anyway,
1: and that's why that's why all of these systems all look like Ponzi's at the end of the day. They all like Short-term. they all grow un- that until way? they run out of resor- resources. Short term, but like natural growth. Yeah. And so like the, the the Soviet Union only was able to perpetuate itself as long as it had a supply of people that it could continue to put in jail.
0: Yeah. I mean as I look up at themes of our podcast and man this debrief is going a while so we should uh, we should end it this for this full episode yeah But like mm-hmm. as I look at themes of our podcast one thing we've drawn out continuously is this idea of freedom right which is like this idea of of liberalism which is important um and I think that's an underlying theme that you that you'll hear from kind of episode 1 it's a it's a value that you and I hold very dearly and I think crypto um instantiates this this value in the digital another though is long-term games. So, uh, Naval has this quote, long play long-term games with long-term people, right. Um, play long-term games with long-term protocols, right? Like th- yeah. this, this kind of scales up to, from the individual level of like, who you choose to be friends with, who you choose to partner with, you guarding your own uh, reputation, integrity. You
1: are your five closest friends, etc.
0: Yep. And it also scales up to the societal level. And Gollum is always like short-term game. Whereas like ideal lab you know rationality high-rung thinking that's how you have multiple generations of a successful healthy society and uh, i think tim's whole book it it takes uh you know delves into politics more than our podcast ever does but i think his his primary worry is he's looking around the the united states and he's like uh-oh like we're losing this we are starting to go into Gollum territory Sometimes I wonder David, you know, you and I are like in the United States, so we're sort of inside of the inside of the bubble. Sometimes I wonder if other countries, how other countries think about the United States and are like, "Oh shit, like could this become the next Germany? You know, like Nazi Germany?" Uh-huh. Like, uh-huh. you ever think about that? I mean, they're just like now huh, I am. <laughs> I'm seeing these signs here, right? And I'm seeing this kind of low-rung thinking gullum type of political climate and all it takes is we're internal to the country so we're like let's make sure a populist leader doesn't get elected and and destroy all liberalism in this but other people are probably like other countries are looking at the united states and like oh my god how terrible would it be if right the superpower right now Mm -hmm. a superpower actually degraded into um low-rung thinking gullum mode Mm -hmm. Like that's got to be a scary prospect because they got a lot of nukes in the United States. Right. Anyway.
1: Yeah. Golems and nukes don't go, don't go well together. I just, I, yeah, go ahead. One thing I'll I'll leave the listeners with um, coming from my psych background um, in scarcity mentality, when there's less resources to go around and people's parasympathetic nervous systems are activated, which is their fight or flight nervous systems, they're, oh, shit, the sky's falling, I need to protect myself and my kin mentality, like when that gets turned on, especially at a systemic level, IQ drops by a lot. We go hello on You, 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 Auto. people lose intelligence. Yeah, in scarcity mentality, when there's lack of abundance, when people are scared, they get dumber. IQ, they don't have, they can't afford to be smart.
0: Yep. Uh, I mean, a lot of challenges ahead, uh, but that's why you and I are in crypto is because we have these values, like it, it's it's time to bring them into into uh, the digital, instantiate them, and um, yeah, hopefully we can we can bring some high-rung thinking along the way. There's so many challenges, man. You know, lately I've been getting overwhelmed with all the challenges ahead of us, David, but yeah. we just, yeah. uh, your advice to me was like, well, just take it one podcast at a time. <laughs> so right. I guess that's what we're here doing here. Here we are, here. talking about Golems. All right, guys, hope you enjoyed the debrief. Cheers.